Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, December the 14th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year B, the third Sunday of Advent, and on the Thursday of the week, we can take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. So we find ourselves back in the book of 1 Thessalonians, took a couple of week break from there, but now we're back. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 24. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 24. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all, hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. This is the word of God for us. Right, so in this short, punchy passage, there's a lot of things that we can uncover, and inevitably you've probably heard some teaching on this waning part of 1 Thessalonians before. But uh, here, verse 16, you got a real short verse, just two words. And the real short verse in verse 17, just two words. And then 18, for whatever reason, when the numbering came out, uh, they decided to make three verses out of just basically one sentence here. But uh, what a what a, a good uh, rubric or uh, structure to consider our, our everyday modern Christian life, which is to rejoice always. It doesn't mean that uh, we ignore hard stuff and painful things. But choosing to rejoice as we are honest about them is something I think um, every believer will have a season of that in their life. Pray continually. Does that mean um, we, you know, start off with some prayer today and it just goes on and on? And we say amen later. No, uh, I love the way that somebody said uh, there was a Christian writer. I'm sorry, I can't retrieve the author, but I've heard it so many times. I'm sure you've heard of it before where uh, a young man was talking just about his dad just having a struggle getting a, a daily prayer life and his dad opened up by saying well since you know i've got this family member with an illness like i feel like i'm praying all the time and so his dad concluded sometimes we have a prayer life uh, meaning we have a practice of prayer we try to carve out a time during the day where it's a meaningful connection with god and he says, sometimes life circumstances gives you a life of prayer. So you have a prayer life where you're engaging in a discipline of prayer. Sometimes you have a life of prayer because it seems like you're always slipping in and out of praying for somebody. Um, back in Memphis, I got a friend who's been um, going through some medical things. Uh, I just checked in with them to, uh, today, got a text back, and uh, he's... Um, you know, he's had good days and he has some bad days and it seems to be at a balance. And uh, when he texted me back this morning, I already prayed for him. And so I was able to say with confidence, I already prayed for you today. And it seems like for whatever reason, for this particular person in, in my life, like I'm just going in and out of prayer for them. Uh, very concerned about their health. 
on a day-to-day basis. And um, you probably have a half dozen like I do, half dozen, dozen people on our list where it doesn't take much, but uh, we think of these people and we go to a place of prayer. So uh, I would say that that's a good rendering of what pray continually might look like. And then give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, I love it. And I think that this is a way in which we can kind of contrast with the Christian nomenclature today of finding God's will. I think a lot of times we think of like a blueprint being sketched in front of us of what, you know, job we should do, where should we go to school, um, who should we should marry, how many kids we should have, what should we name the dog, <laughs> you know, all these things. And uh, there's, a, I think, a helpful little book out there by Kevin DeYoung. Um, I'm reading a book right now at the time of this recording by Drew Dick called Just, uh, uh, Just Show Up. And uh, they kind of hover around the same thing, which is, um, you know, if you scan the pages of the Bible, there are some, you know, these idealistic human figures who have a specific call and mandate from God. Uh, But for the most part, for most of us in most of our lives, the general idea of God's will for us is to become like Jesus. And that's what's clear here. Um, And so... Give thanks in all circumstances. One of these times we get this uh, admonition that this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus is is, is to be people with uh, great gratitude and thanksgiving, right? We go to the next uh, paragraph. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them. Hold on to what is good and reject all kind of evil. I think this is important. You might come from a church tradition that rejects prophecy outright. I get it. There's some definite reasons why it's a gift that has been abusive uh, from the you know it, within the church from the very beginning that's why Paul expounds upon it in a place like first Corinthians in regards to orderly worship but um, you know there might be some of us in a church tradition that uh, has tried to assimilate it into the body of Christ and so what I love about this is that it gives us a rubric we could say hey we don't have to treat um, these types of things with contempt when someone says well I've got this impression or I was praying about you and I felt like I heard God say this um, we can't. We, we we do have a license to hold things with open hands, even if somebody stamps it with, "Well, I think God told me." Because it's, it's hard to deny, hard to deny that person, right? But uh, just in the most humble, generous way possible, we can accept what is good, and uh, we can reject the things that may be off base in regards to any of these prophecies that might come up in our midst. And then this great uh, benediction at the end, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you with faithful, and he will do it. There is a argument about um, whose part is it in sanctification. Uh, this is, of course, Protestant language. It may not be shared by the wider church. But um, I think Protestants would say that justification or the act of God declaring us righteous is an act that God can do alone. Uh, it is by grace. Uh, we are saved through faith, right? Paul says in that shorthand uh, version of it in uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, but there is a debate on whose part, who plays the part of sanctification work in our life. And so the Reformers who um, want to hold up God's sovereignty above all, all things, they go to a place like First Thessalonians 5 here, and they say that God does the sanctifying work. But then Arminians and others who see more human interplay within it, they would go to a place like 2 Corinthians 7.1, which talks about our, you know, us partaking into the uh, sanctification process, right? To keep your uh, body and spirit sanctified and holy. So I think there's a mystery here. I certainly think that uh, we have the energy and the courage to be 
sanctified because of God's work in our life. But I do think that God wants us to take up the work on our own and to work it out. That's why he would say, that's why Paul would say in Philippians chapter two, that uh, we continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And uh, the second part of that passage does talk about God's work in our life. And so we're not, we're trying to conjure it on our own, but it's something that we are co-working with God together as vice regents, that old uh, Victorian English word, vice regents with God, uh, God eliciting us into his partnership, into his business with him, not just for the mission of the world, but also for the perfecting work of Christ in our life. So man, a whole lot to say here, but I think the thing that, um, comes to the top of the surface for me today is the rejoice always. Don't you love to be around people who are delightful? I think this might actually dovetail with some of the other ground that we've covered uh, this week with Isaiah 61 and Psalm 126, that uh, we are people who delight. Even during a hard season of life, uh, we're not Pollyanna, but we are certainly people who can rejoice and be honest about maybe some of the struggle and the suffering contours that we face. Uh, that's one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy, right? And that's not the happy, sappy, you know, very superficial joy, but it's like the, the base note joy that we see in people's lives, even those who've endured hardship. So with those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you this day that we can belong to the people of God. And as we dwell with the people of God, we can be people who rejoice and who have glad hearts as we serve the needs of the world. And we confess to you at times, though we miss the mark, we uh, can be people who um, gripe and complain and who can um, keep long accounts against one another and who can scowl more than we worship. And so we ask for a renewed heart and mind today. We thank you that uh, you're going to sanctify our whole spirit, a whole soul, whole body. You're going to carry to completion all to the day of Christ Jesus. And so we thank you, God, that we still have uh, a great opportunity today as we go to workplaces and schools uh, to be that uh, chipper and upbeat, optimistic presence in the rooms that we find ourselves in. And so, God, we just pray that you might find eager hearts among us and that you would pour your love into our hearts and that love would overflow into the lives and the issues and the situations that we will encounter today. And I pray that uh, just as you spoke a better word to us for our salvation, we might be able to speak a better word uh, than those other messages and sirens of our culture. Um, Allow us to be that city upon a hill that people run to because they see it so wise, so kind, so good, even amidst the backdrop of darkness that we can find in this world. We thank you that you're bringing the creation project to its good conclusion and end with Jesus exalted and the nations calling upon the Lord. And so we pray today that we might see the next chapter of that story unfold before us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.